guys, how's it going? Welcome into yet another Sea Reg UK, nowhere near Chicago podcast, exclusively on Stump. Tonight we have the usual suspects and one special guest, but we're going to get to that in a minute. We've got the usual suspects. We've got Matt, the captain, over in his over in his truck. Say hello, Matt, and whereabouts are you today on this hot, sunny day in England? Uh, I'm not actually in England. I'm in Scotland what? again. Oh. Uh, Glasgow tonight. Oh yeah, uh, thanks for joining us and looking Good. forward to it. Great stuff. We've got Neil over there in someone's car in Ireland. Where are you, Neil? Yeah, I'm back in my own car, uh, sitting in the driveway, and in an unusually sunny Irish day. We don't normally very get nice. too sunny, but it's very nice. Very nice, too. Okay. And now, from Detroit, Michigan, uh, six foot maybe, public address announcer for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears, and Illinois fighting Illini. He once started trained as an architect, but only lasted three semesters because he found his voice, the voice of the Chicago Bulls. Please give it up for Tim Sinclair. Wow. That was incredible. What's up, guys? There you go. How was that? How you doing, Tim? Right, Very before impressive. We get to, <laughs> You're scared for your job. <laughs> yeah, before we get stuck into it, I'd like a little bit of a critique on my uh, my debut as an announcer. What do you reckon? Uh, the content was great. I'm glad you don't get live closer because I'd be looking over my shoulder. Um, <laughs> I will. I will say uh, I'll, I'll take a, a couple extra inches, so like six three on the height. But otherwise, oh, six, <sighs> so close. Right. So we have a very special guest. We've got Mr. Tim Sinclair. Um, he does all that stuff like I just said, and he'll, he'll obviously tell you a bit more about what he does. But if you don't know who he is by now, you've been living under a rock. Um, he's also the CEO of Ringer and this wonderful app Stump that we're on now. So, Tim, it's really, really cool that you come and joined us, us English lads spread all around um, all around the UK. So we're going to get stuck into it. We've got a couple of questions for you, if that's cool with you. Is that good? Uh, absolutely. And I've I got to say, before we start, I'm just as excited to talk to you guys. Um, you've... You sort of jumped in with both feet to the whole stump experience and are literally using the app exactly the way I kind of envisioned it being used. And uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled to be on with you and uh, so glad that uh, you guys found it and got started. Amazing stuff. And it? No, it's brilliant. We've been loving it. So that does bring us on to, we just wanted to start off with just talking a little bit about stump. Um, so a couple of questions and I'll let you just sort of explain to them, you know, what it's like. So how was Stump born and what are your goals for Stump? Well, it actually began, you mentioned Ringer back in 2014. I worked in radio for a long time and, and was trying to find ways to get interviews that sounded better than just a phone call because those are always fairly bad quality. And so okay. came up with this idea, ended up accidentally starting a company and and that's what ringer became and over the years we've had really good success but technology is catching up with us a little bit in that phones and computers and networks and things are fast enough to sound pretty darn good without some of the things that we're doing to to the audio as well and so we thought well what if we took what we created and we have patents for and turned it on its head a little bit and created something that made audio social and simple okay. and uh, sound good in the process. And that's really where Stump was born. Uh, the idea is to make it, you know, Instagram for audio, an instant podcast, any number of ways you can describe it. 
But the idea is that anybody can pick up their phone, record solo or with friends, create a podcast and upload it in a matter of minutes and not have to pay for anything, not have to set up anything and just go and and then share it with their friends as soon as they're done. So that's kind of where we landed and uh, hopefully what's starting to happen. It's really cool. I mean, that's the first thing we got onto it. It's it's so user friendly. You can it's it's idiot proof, if you like, as we say over here. Um, it, you can't really go wrong with it. You just hit record and you can start podding. It's, it's awesome. So, well done. Good work. We like it. Um, and we've been uh, super, super excited about doing it. So, that being said, we're going to now go on to a little bit of um, fan questions. So, we're going to go around the room and uh, we've got a few questions for you. And we're going to start off with the captain. Uh, we do call him the captain because he started C Red UK. Um, so, we're going to take it. We're going to hand over to Matt. And Matt's got a few questions. Take it away, Matt. Yeah, um, first one. Obviously, I know through his college career, you um, introduced Ayo, and obviously now you've gone to do it at Bulls. Um, obviously, he did the whole from Chicago introduction, uh, his number raise. So, do you find yourself rooting for him more from a like a personal sort of thing, like a bit of extended family, or you know? It, what sort of relationship have you actually got with him? Uh, I well to answer the first part of that question. Um, I, I mean, I root I root for everybody on the team, but yeah, um, he has a near and dear place to my heart from the moment that uh, he committed to coming to the University of Illinois, and everybody was so excited that maybe Illinois basketball could could turn a corner, and and he helped them do just that. And so I got to see him for, I, I thought it was going to be two years. It ended up, thanks to COVID, ended up being three years, and um, he really did change the face of uh, Illinois basketball in a lot of ways. And never in a million years did I, I dream that he would end up at the Bulls, and then he kept dropping in that draft, and all of a sudden I said to my two sons, I'm like, he might end up with Chicago and, and sure enough, uh, he did. And so we, we couldn't be happier. I love it. You know, his mom, um, messaged me on Twitter right after his last season with Illinois and said, Hey, could you record your three point call for IO? We want to have that just for, you know, as a keepsake, as he goes on to the NBA. And I said, of course, and at Illinois, we do three points, Illinois. And then, uh, yeah, that whole thing. Um, so I recorded that for him and sent it off to him. Of course, not assuming that we would get to do (laughs) pretty much the same thing in Chicago. And so the way he's introduced at the United center uh, when he scores and when he was in the starting lineup sounds exactly like when he was at the University of Illinois, other than a slight number change. He's 12 now instead of 11. But um, it is fun just to uh, to see him on the court still and not have to give that up because I, I didn't want to. Uh, and it's, you know, I hope that continues for a long, long time. He's certainly impressed in his uh, rookie season and uh, I would expect no less in his second. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, well, you've opened up something else. Obviously, we've said before we don't really get to experience like you properly. You know, obviously, watching on the broadcast, um, it's obviously more Stacey and Adam. Uh, is that what happens at the arena? Then, obviously, you do them sort of calls and stuff like that. Yeah. So you'll typically on the broadcast. Um, I think you'll hear the the starting lineup, like uh, you guys just played a little bit of a few minutes ago, and then the rest of the game, you hear um, Stacy and Adam. You can 
typically hear me in the background a little bit, depending on yeah, bit. where the mics are placed and things like that. But yeah, when they score, um, I say who scores when there's fouls, like all that kind of stuff. My, my job is to help um, the fans in, in the building know what's going on, but also be a, a bit of a fan of the team as, as we do it. So I'm not excited for the visitors. I'm always excited for the Bulls. And um, yeah, that that's the job. And, um, you know, every day is fun, although I, I always tell people it's always more fun when you win, but there's never been a bad day at the office. Do you look forward to introducing certain players, like someone like, say, Dale and Terry, for example, looks like he's a ball of energy. Um, obviously, you've got to stay professional with it all. And I, I know you've said on one of your episodes before, you, you're not a cheerleader as such. But do you find, obviously, if he eventually does make the starting lineup, you've got to kind of match his energy as you're introducing him? I mean, to an extent, yeah, I, I always try to be pretty true to who I am and what my natural inclination would be. Now, sometimes that's based off of the style of a player or the energy of a player, and Dalen certainly has energy in spades. So uh, I would imagine um, it'll be energetic, but I feel like, at least from the starting lineup perspective, most of them are. Um, my enjoyment quite honestly of saying names comes from either the uniqueness with which we do it like io is a pretty unique one demar Derozan, i feel like people have imitated now that we're doing the demar Derozan thing um but but the other part of it is the crowd reaction right like io's fun i love introducing him especially the from chicago but it is extra fun because the crowd loves him so much and the fact that he's from chicago and he went to our state school and now he's with the state nba team and uh, so uh, my i feed off of the crowd energy a little bit as much as i hope they feed off of me yeah yeah and i just add, add one more i'm gonna sort of flip it a little bit we've heard obviously previous podcasts where you've um gone over experiences like the all-star games and the Lionel Messi game for um, at Soldier Stadium. But has there been something where you've been watching it and it's been a complete disappointment? You've had to stay professional while it's going on and then sat and reflected later on and got thought, could have done without that sort of thing. Yeah, I I mean, there's the, the my first year with the Bulls, um, there was, you know, more disappointing moments in terms of just the play on the court than anybody wanted. Um, and that's kind of, you know, where the team had been living for, for a few years. Uh, I remember uh, Damian Lillard scoring six points in like seven seconds to end a Trailblazers-Bulls game uh, and win it for Portland. Um, and in those moments, you're frustrated, you're sad, you're upset, whatever, but have to say final score of tonight's game and just – just do it um, and pretend like it was just another loss and not a not a heartbreaking one. Uh, similar one happened with the Warriors. I think that same season where Curry and then somebody else hit hit shots to um, help Golden State win, uh, sort of right at the last second. And those are hard. Um, blowouts are hard. <laughs> you know, when you're down twenty or thirty and you've got to find at least some energy. You don't. I don't ever want to be fake and pretend like, hey, everything's fine and we're we're winning or it's a close game because people would 
read into that or see that I was not being genuine, but you do still have to find some energy. And I think those are probably the times that it's the, the hardest to hold that together. When the fans yeah. start leaving, yeah, you know, you have those games when the fans like just start leaving before the end, the home fans, that must be tough as well. I mean, it's tough to watch like just on the screen. Um, but when the fans are really sort of bailing out early, cause it's been such a disappointing loss. Um, that must be sort of tough to sort of keep the enthusiasm up. Yeah, and it, I, I'll be honest, it does fluctuate. I mean, the words are the same, but the energy I give them are, are different just because the situation is different. If it's a one-point game in the fourth quarter and we hit a three, then it's big. You know, three yeah. points, Zach Levine, and you're just, you kind of go crazy because the crowd's going crazy. But if half the crowd's on their way out the door and somebody hits a, a, a three-pointer with four minutes to go and you're down 30, it, it doesn't matter. Um, and so my call can't say it doesn't matter, but I, I do think it is my job to be, hey, excited. We did something good, but we're all aware that it's not going to be good enough tonight. Yeah. <laughs> and so that line is a difficult one to find. Not all PA guys follow that rule. Some are always turned up to 11. Uh, no matter what happens, I don't subscribe to that school of thought, but um, it is a tricky line to walk sometimes. Cool. Matt, yep. are you done? You got you, have you Yeah, f- that, that, that's me done. Pass cool. it over. Uh, right, so now we've got Neil over in Ireland with um in his uh, wife's car, um uh, with a few with a yep. few questions. Take it away, Neil. I'm, I'm in my own car tonight. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, you know. If you are you gonna tell us what car oh, it is yet? You still haven't divulged that information. Tim, how are you doing? <laughs> Great, Neil, how are you? <laughs> Good, nice side step. Try and get just yeah. moving on. Um we, we all know you were given the absolute high honour um, of introducing the top 75 players of all time. And you got to introduce Jordan at the very end, which you've spoken about previously on other, on other podcasts and in interviews where you said it was, it was quite an emotional moment for you. But is there a Bulls player from any of the past teams that you wish you could have had the opportunity to introduce? Ooh, that is, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I've introduced a lot of them in different ways over the years, not either as players for another team or in their retirement, like Joe Kim Noah has been back. And so I've introduced him, obviously, uh, Derek Rose and the Dang and all, all those guys make return trips to Chicago. So you, you get to introduce them in some way, shape or form. But I, I think if I got to do one in a starting lineup, um, and, and Michael Jordan couldn't be my answer, then I would say uh, Derek Rose's rookie season, I think, would have been really incredible for some of the same reasons as Io was. You know, he's from Chicago, um, yeah. hometown hero, went on to win rookie of the year. You know, the, the place was just going crazy. Um, th- there will be a lot of good ones to choose from, but I think in the starting lineup at their prime, which sadly was his rookie year. Um, I'd have to choose Derek. That's, that's a great choice. <laughs> um, so have you been approached at all about the upcoming Paris game, uh, <laughs> about doing the PA announcements at the game? Um, and if not, are you hoping that they're going to come and ask you to, to do the announcements? These things work um, a little strangely sometimes. A few years back when I was working for the Indiana Pacers, they played two games in Mumbai, India, 
they were preseason games, though, not regular season games. Uh, but the team asked me to go. And so I went on the team plane and, and got to do those two games in, in India. Um, this one is different, though, because it's a regular season game. And technically, the Bulls are the visitors in this team, uh, in this game. So it's my understanding that if anything, it would be the Pistons PA guy going if, if available. I don't know that for sure. I haven't been approached um, with that information officially. Uh, to answer the second part of your question, yes. If they asked me, <laughs> I would love that to happen, and I would, I would be on the plane for sure. Awesome. Yeah, we're all very, very excited about it. Um, we're all just waiting for the drop so that we can get in there and try and grab our tickets as quick as we possibly can. Yeah, it should be a great game. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, yeah, thanks very much. The Call with Tim Sinclair is brought to you by Stump, the new app for iOS and Android that allows anyone to create an instant social podcast. Whether by yourself or with friends, Stump lets you connect, record, and instantly share your conversations with the world. Talk about anything with anyone and share it with everyone. It's the social network solely for audio. Download the free app from the App Store or Google Play or learn more at GetStump.com. Stump, your voice has a place. Right. I, I, I know you say you've, uh, you've listened to us regularly, so you, you're probably already aware, Tim, that I normally do a, a player profile and we kind of chat a little bit then afterwards about that player. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually going to... I'm going to change it slightly for tonight um, just because it's too big of an opportunity to miss out on, uh, on talk, talking to you about it. So what I'm going to do slightly differently this time is kind of almost in a quick fire style. I'm going to name out the, the players. And if you could have like something that we wouldn't know, but that you would because you, you get that front row seat and you're involved in the game, just a little anecdote about each player, if you can. Um, and then we'll move on to the next player and get through them that way, if that's okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Yeah. Can I join in now? Oh, you're there. Okay. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've removed all the fancy tech that I had all rigged up to my phone. Um, right. And I've gone, back, I've gone back to old school. Right, carry on. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll keep going with this and then Lee can jump in with his questions then. Cool, let's okay. do it. So, first of all, we've got DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, DeMar is very routined. Like, he does the same thing every game, every time, at the same time, in the same way. And I don't think that's totally unusual for NBA players, but he walks out of the tunnel at uh, the same time, and he comes and he sits down on the scorer's table, literally 18 inches from me, puts one of his Kobe shoes on the table and gets it tied and then spins the other way and puts the other one on and usually, you know, cracks a joke or says something, and we say hi, and then... Um, he has a, a thing where he kisses the tattoos on each of his arms and taps the yeah. floor. You might notice him doing that during games. And then he goes out and does his warm-up. And then the same is true right before the game, although um, I believe his shoes are already tied at that point. But the rest is pretty much identical. And uh, so, yeah, he's extremely routine, and it's kind of fun to watch that every game. Cool. Zach Levine? Uh, Zach is somewhat similar uh, in that, like at six oh five our time, he walks out of that tunnel and does this like 
he's it's some sort of stretching mechanism, which kind of looks like he got tangled in a bungee cord, but I think it's all very <laughs> intentional. Um, and one of the, I mean, one of the team doctors and trainers is there trying to get things uh, stretched out and stuff. So um, he, he has uh, some similarities to that. He also uh, is, is, kind of famous for offhandedly talking to the scorer's table while he's sitting on the bench during a game and just throwing out something about, um, like, there was one night uh, last season where they were coming off a back-to-back, and you could just tell he was tired. And he's like, man, these effing back-to-backs are killers. Um, And just, he's not really wanting a conversation. He's just sharing information with us. And uh, (laughs) so it's always fun to see what, uh, what he has to say. That's awesome. Uh, Lonzo Ball? You know, Lonzo is probably the one I've had the least interaction with, partly due to, um, you know, the injury last year and mm-hmm. only playing about half the season. Um, I, I would say my, my biggest memory was, you know, watching him play against his brother, the Lonzo Lamelo show. And uh, I, I'm not sure how much of it they showed on TV, but obviously um, their their dad, LeVar, was there sitting on the end and, um, giving people grief and his, his hat, I believe that game said, I told you so. Um, (laughs) and so it was just the, you know, him relishing in the uh, idea that he was right. Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Nikola Vukovic. Uh, he's, he's great. He's very, um, soft spoken as you might imagine. I think that sometimes things the bulls, fans want more of is more energy not energy but uh, emotion out of him from time to time but he always he likes to do this little like wink half smile thing uh when he walks by the table and it's just his way of saying hi i'm sure uh but on more than one occasion i've leaned to whoever's sitting next to me i'm like pretty sure vooch just winked at me (laughs) <laughs> and so, uh, but he's, he seems like the nicest of, uh, nicest of people. And, um, he, he's just a little quieter than some. Okay. Well, I think this next guy is going to be the opposite of that then. Alex Caruso. <laughs> yeah, he is. Um, he, you know, I, I don't know that I have anything that most people don't know about him per se. Um, other than, Whatever they show on TV when he's when he wasn't playing, either because he's just not in the game or he was hurt and was in street clothes, um, he he is a coach on the bench. He is calling out plays. He is standing up and trying to get close to the court so that he can yell out help to his his teammates. And I would not at all be surprised if that led him into a, a, a career in coaching at some point. Um, yeah. But he he talks just as much as you think he might, and, and not in a not in a trash talk way, but just in a try to be helpful to these guys. And he's been there, done that, and wants to help them succeed, even if he's not on the court. Yeah, that that's kind of the way he comes across, even to us. I think. Yeah. Um, Pat Williams, kind of like Vooch. Uh, he's he, but he's even quieter. Like he <laughs> he does laugh a little, so he he's not quite like Kawhi Leonard in that he's just completely a robot, um, <laughs> but does definitely, even in shoot-around, because for us, like, before the doors open and the guys are out there doing walkthroughs or shoot-around and, you know, we're sitting at the table trying to get ready for the game, most of them are pretty loose and less buttoned up than you might expect um, once the doors are open and once the game's at hand. Uh, but But Patrick is, he's very... 
just understated. Um, he could, you know, most NBA guys, I would assume that if you're in a room with them, you would know they were there. Uh, Patrick might not, you might not know. You might not know if he just walked in and sat down. I don't, I don't think he would make a peep unless spoken to. Uh, it's, again, seems very nice, but um, just as quiet as you might assume. Okay. And uh, I know this guy, I'd have to mention him or else Matt would never forgive me. Uh, Javante Green? <laughs> Javante is probably the one I talk to the most. Um, he, he is a, a talker and a lighthearted, fun-loving guy. Um, he, he will come over and do like these, hey, he'll fist bump or say what's up. Even, even during the game, like checking into the game, um, I missed because I was doing something else. I missed, he put his fist kind of out in front of me again, while he was getting ready to check in during a game, and I just didn't see it. And as he was walking into the game, he turned and he, like, walked into the game backward so he could continue staring at me, holding his fist out like I'd left him hanging. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked up, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. And sort of, sort of did the air fist bump and, uh, he just laughed, but that's just, that's just kind of how he is. He always wants to, um, be having fun and smiling and, and making jokes, but obviously is a freak athlete as well. Yeah, for sure. That, that's awesome. Uh, okay. The, the last two then, uh, and you might be able to draw back even further with these two guys. Um, Malcolm Hill. Malcolm, so he, for those who don't know, he played at the University of Illinois as well. So I introduced him for four years at the college level before he ended up with the Bulls this past season. And uh, he didn't realize the connection with when he first was called up and was playing for Chicago. And so I, I had to sort of jog his memory for a second. He came over and we were talking. I'm like, hey, you know, I was with, he goes, what? And so I'm like, no, I said, I introduced you for your whole college career. He's like, oh my gosh, that's right. And I said his name, like I did for Illinois, just that Malcolm Hill. And he, <laughs> his eyes got all big. Like it brought back uh, memories from, from college. And I remi- reminded him of, um, they had made like, a, it looked kind of like a bobblehead, but it was a toothbrush holder of Malcolm Hill where his arm was stuck out and it was for you to put your toothbrush in. And so I reminded him of that and that I still had one sitting on one of my shelves at home. And uh, he, he just laughed and laughed and seemed very embarrassed that they had done that for him and said <laughs> he didn't have one, but his mom had like seven of them at home. So um, they do still exist. That's brilliant. And finally, uh, we're all big fans here, but uh, I think Lee is particularly big on and high on <laughs> Io I, uh, I know you kind of spoken about him earlier, but is there anything else you can add? little anecdote. Yeah, his um, I, I, and this has been widely reported on, so uh, it's not it's not breaking news. But when he came back to have his jersey retired, and this speaks more of Demar, I guess, than it does of, of Io. But when um, Demar came down to uh, Illinois to to watch that thing happen, um, when they raised his banner to the roof, uh, that was. That was an incredible moment. I know for Io and for his family and for Demar to be there, but for me too, you know, just selfishly speaking, um, to sort of watch his career come full circle at Illinois and then still be able to um, work with him and alongside him in, in Chicago has been really cool. Um, most people don't know that Lonzo Ball was supposed to be with them on that trip um, and had to 
sort of reschedule last minute and, and back out. I, I don't know exactly what happened that caused him to not be able to come down, but they all drove their own cars down just to, just to see IO there. And, uh, I know, um, his, I, I have much more interaction with IO's family than with IO himself. Um, but they are, they are as advertised and it's very easy to see why from, uh, their dedication and love, uh, of, not only IO, but of the city and how he grew up and all those things. It's really easy to see why he became the player he did. That's fantastic. Right. I'll stop firing them out at you now, but that has been an absolutely incredible insight. So thanks so much for humoring me through that. Oh, of course. Enjoyed, <laughs> enjoyed every second of that, especially hearing them, that they are actually how they seem. Um, we're all big fans of Javante, especially Matt. Um, yeah, he's my guy. And uh, the fact that you left him hanging, that's, uh, that tickled me. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, <laughs> Not I enjoyed purpose, that. I <laughs> Not on purpose. Uh, that's really cool. Um, right, so um, I'm going to go full fan mode. I've got a few things I'm going to fire at you. Um, we'll see how we're sort of doing for time. But So these questions are going to lead into other questions. So did you, ever, did you see MJ play live? I did uh, twice that I remember. Um, the first one, I believe, was in 84 or 5. Oh, wow. Um, I was, I grew up in Detroit until I was in sixth grade. And so we went to see a Pistons Bulls game at the Pontiac Silverdome, which was a, a football stadium that they somehow played basketball in. And, um, the game went to overtime. Jordan scored 60 in that one. And so I had two posters on my wall growing up, uh, because of that game, largely Isaiah Thomas, who played for the Pistons. And then of course, Michael Jordan. Amazing. What was the? He says you saw him twice. Uh, the second time was my junior year in high school, and it was right after the United Center opened. It was like the maybe second year it was open, and we sat literally. Um, I think my seat was the next to last row because there were those like, if you buy in bulk tickets, we'll give you a deal. But they always put those way up in the top rows, and then there were some guys on my team who were sitting on the row right behind me. So their backs were against the concrete wall of the exterior of the stadium. So we were really far away. That would have been like 95, I want to say. Um, and those were the, I believe, the only two times I ever saw him play live. So that's those were like the days of the, being Jordan being just the hottest ticket, well, on the planet. Um, so I suppose even getting tickets at all to see him live would have been quite a big deal, even if you were in the nosebleeds yeah and thankfully our school arranged it and they did sort of a special basketball trip for our team and uh we we got in the door and that was at that point all that mattered and i had zero idea that uh you know however many years later that was 25 years later i'd be uh sitting courtside well that's amazing because i remember being sort of similar age at at school and we didn't go on school trips to see michael jordan we went on school trips (laughs) to pick up tadpoles (laughs) <laughs> and, and they in, in in wellies in the rain so uh, uh, we we had some maybe similar to that <laughs> but uh that doesn't sound quite fair right so that's so right that being said so you did see mj live you've obviously seen lebron live yes yeah right so you know where i'm going with this i do yeah <laughs> i thought you wasn't going full fan mode no it's all right i i will always pick michael um I, I feel like it's really difficult to compare eras. Of course uh, and I feel like sometimes. that's where most of the fighting comes when yeah. people want to argue yeah. um, who's better and who would have taken who. And if the, 
you know, Bulls yeah. back in the 90s could beat the Warriors from a few years, like all that stuff. It, it's really, yeah. really difficult to do. Um, yeah. yeah. But I still feel like um, at their respective peaks with their respective credentials, um, I, I take I take MJ. Um, but I, I understand those who've only seen LeBron live and can't imagine anybody else being better. You know, I, I don't I don't argue those things. I just say we could agree to disagree. Yeah, definitely. Well, that was it. I kind of I wanted to just be cheeky and ask that question. Um, <laughs> I won't get too deep in the weeds with it. Um, so, so leading off from that, have did you see Derek live, Derek Rose? Uh, I I did not when he was with the Bulls, not pre-injury. I have seen him right. numerous times since then. Um, yeah. You know, with with the Knicks and the Pistons, um, and have called a number of his games. But no, I I, I didn't ever see him play when he was at his peak, peak. with the Bulls. Okay, it, that ruins my next question, so I might give it a skip. It was going to be Jar or Derek. That was going <laughs> to be that was where, where I was going to go because obviously you've seen Jar, and he's yeah. so impressive to watch. Um, when you're just sitting at home and watching him on your TV. Um, but yeah. I mean, how, I, how impressive is that dude live? He is. It, I think part of the, part of the impressiveness is he doesn't look like he should be able to. Um, right. Like LeBron, he looks like he should be able to dunk on you and, you know, do kind of whatever he wants with the basketball just because of his size. Giannis is kind of that way too. Now, the fact that he can do it as big as he is, is a whole nother thing, but it, you, at least when you see it, you go, Oh, that makes sense. Ja is built like a gazelle. He's just super skinny, um, doesn't have any meat to his bones. And, and that's probably one of the reasons he can jump so stinking high, but um, it is just jaw dropping to see what he can do with with the basketball and how quickly he can get up in the air. I mean, just ask Kevin Love or Yuta Watanabe or any of those guys. Um, well, I guess Yuta was was uh, Anthony Edwards, but regardless, yeah. those types of dunks can happen in a heartbeat in the NBA. And Jaw is one of those guys that um, you just don't understand how he can do it, and and yet he can. It's um. The comparison, the, like what we get to see live, I go to see some British basketball games, um, and it's basketball. But seeing those guys on TV, just just on the screen, is super impressive. So I can't imagine what it's like to actually see it live. It must virtually be like superheroes sometimes. Um, what, yeah, what well, especially play? early on, you know, like you do get a little used to it. And I never want to get completely used to it. I never want to be so jaded by the job that it's not awe-inspiring to me every game. Um, but the first few games, I mean, they everybody seems like a giant and a very fast giant at that um, because they're so close, and I just wasn't used to that. Um, and, I, I, you know, I think I mentioned Giannis just from a what he can do with the basketball at his size, maybe the most impressive athletically I've, I've seen. Jaw certainly really? is in that category, um, but they're all top tier athletes obviously and uh, un- until you sat courtside and watched them do it right in front of your face to see exactly how quick and how high they can jump and how tall they are and you know guys who are my height look like they're well they're the smallest guys in the court uh, and I'm yeah. not a small person at all but uh, you know in the NBA that's just how it goes yeah um, that's what leads me to the next bit I'm a massive Zach fan I thought well most people are um, 
but I've got a huge affinity with him. Just the way he come back through his injury and the way he's just improved on that huge comeback and the way he keeps improving. How impressive is, is, is he live? And who, in your opinion, this is just opinion, who, who is like the, who's the most fun ball to watch play? Ooh, all right. First part of the question, uh, he's a whole lot of fun and has a little bit of jaw in him to me in terms of his quick twitch. There are a yeah. few guys in the league, and, and you hear that word, and, and sometimes it's hard to define. But when you see it, especially in person, you, you know it. Jaw definitely has it. Anthony Edwards has it. Zach Levine has it. And there are a few others who just, um, they are so athletic and so quick, and their body does exactly what they tell it to do exactly when they tell him to do it. And he's one of those guys. And, you know, then has a deadly three-point shot to go with, yeah. you know, the, all the dunking ability. Um, you know, I, that's, I wanted him to do so well in a three-point contest at the All-Star yeah. game this year. I, I wanted him to win them both because um, that's really hard to do. Um, yeah. But he's just that kind of player. Uh, most fun to watch? Man, um... Zach is certainly on the list just because of how impressive he is athletically and for all the reasons I just mentioned. I, I will have to say, like, the first half of last year, especially, watching what DeMar did from the mid-range, it's just you assumed every shot was going in. Um, and And it was, you know, heavily guarded, highly contested, spinning with hands in his face, it just didn't seem to matter. And that that became pretty jaw-dropping, must-see TV, or in my case, must-see in-person kind of stuff. Um, and, and I'm not going to lie, that was a whole lot of fun to watch. Well, I mean, that had us sort of jumping around our room, our front rooms, or Matt, in his case, in his lorry, at sort of two in the morning, <laughs> watching, watching DeMar do his fourth quarter thing. It was just it's so special to watch. And being a Bulls fan, being that excited is has been quite a novelty as well. I think the other I think the other guys can sort of agree with me there. Um being coming out of the doldrums into this season or the last couple of seasons, you know, being you know, just being excited to be a Bulls fan again has been really, really cool. Um so I think we've done uh you've done you've done your player profile. That was your that's your quick fire, wasn't it, Neil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, cool. So normally at this point we would we would do uh, Neil's player profile. We've done that. Normally I would do hot takes, but to save your job um, and to, to save <laughs> to save me, sort of putting you on the spot. I thought what we'd do is last night, um, ESP. We're going to bring you into the squad. So now you're not the the inquisition is over. Um, there's no more. There's no more grilling. You've passed. Um, we are. We, we. I think we could all quite easily listen to you for. Another few hours and ask you loads of fan nerdy questions. Well, um, we'll do this again, and you can ask whatever you like. So just oh, pencil me in that. for a future episode. <laughs> yeah, don't don't say ask us whatever you like because it will get it will get out of control. So <laughs> last, last we're going to bring you into the squad now. So now you're going to be part of the C Red UK team. Um, we're going to have a bit of a chat. ESP, ESPN last night um, dropped their their project their projections for next season, um, and they had from one to eight. They put the balls at eight. Um, and they had Celtics 1, Bucks 2, Heat 3, 76ers 4, uh, the Raptors at 5, the Hawks at 6, um, and then the Cavs at 7, and the Bulls at 8, and then the Nets and the Knicks following on. Um, now, obviously, yeah, then, now this is the point where we all just sort of throw it around and just and sort of chat it out. I think the Bulls being that low is obviously based on the end of last season. 
Um, I'm just for comparison. I did do some research on what ESPN said for the previous season. So this time a year ago. Um, so this time a year ago, ESPN, the same dudes, uh, they had uh, the, the Nets at one, they had the Bucks at two, the Heat at three, Hawks at four, 76ers at five, they had Boston at six, the Knicks at seven, they had Charlotte at eight, the Pacers at nine, and the Bulls at ten. So just for some perspective on how much these things actually count, I thought I'd just do that little bit of research. So I hope you're all suitably impressed about my research. <laughs> well done. Um, so what, <laughs> so what we've, how are we feeling about this? Let's go, let's go with our special guest first and, and diehard Bulls fan, Tim Sinclair. What's your take on this? Well, I mean, obviously, and, and thank you for doing last year's and this year's, um, you know, these things can be very wrong. Just yeah. ask the Celtics or, or the Nets. Um, I, I will say, you know, my since my paycheck has a bull on it, I will be, be careful about, about exactly how, mm-hmm. how far into this I get. But I will say this. To me, it's hard to argue with it. Um, The only thing I might argue is Cleveland. But you look at who's coming back for them um, after some injuries and and rough stuff last year. um, I feel like their list is hard to argue with. But but what I will say is I think three through nine, you you might as well put all the, the teams in a hat and draw them out one by one and put them in that order. Uh, yeah. we saw it last year, um, where a couple of losses dropped the, the bucks from first to third, uh, in a matter of a game or two. And all of a sudden the Bulls have to play them in the first round. So I feel like it's going to be that kind of finish again. The East is so strong. It's going to be, they're going to be knocking each other out all season long. And so it's going to be a, a big old jumbled mess, probably two through nine. Um, and that's going to make the end of the, the season exciting and the beginning of the playoffs really exciting. Um, I would tend to, you know, put put the Bulls kind of where, um, as, as a guess, where they were last year, uh, where they finished last year, that 5-6 range. But um, I, I really do think it's kind of a toss-up given the strength of, of all these Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, and they've all gotten better, haven't they? Yeah. Um, Across the board, Neil, what's your what's your take on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not terribly dissimilar to what Tim said. Uh, it's so tight in the East now, and and the East is is so strong compared to to you know recent years, um, which is great and makes it all very enjoyable and very fun to watch. But it also makes it incredibly difficult to actually get an accurate placing of where you think people are going to finish. I do think that whatever happens with KD could very much change the face of the East. Um, and we'll see kind of maybe that might might shake it up a little. But apart from that, yeah, I, I'd say anywhere between, say, three and seven, I'd put the Bulls potentially in any of those places. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point about KD. Tim, have you got any insight on KD? Come on, a little bit of background. <laughs> no, <laughs> bit of background. <laughs> no insider information. Ah, it's always uh, worth a go. I wouldn't mind seeing him go out west, but you know, yeah. we'll yeah. see. No, that, that's, Matt, what'd you, what, 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 I know you don't like these predictions, and you know, but... We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna churn through it anyway. What do you reckon? Yeah, um, I think both co- pretty much covered it. I was gonna bring up KD as well. Yeah. You know, if he stays in the East, it completely changes what happens. Um, obviously, as we always keep saying, for Bulls, it's health that that's key. Yeah. If we get a fully fit 
uh, roster for the season, then you know there's no reason why we can't be pushing for top four like we were last year. Um, obviously, everyone else has got better, but I think Bulls have got better as well by bringing in Drummond and Dragic. So I think they fill a need that we've got. They're not outstanding signings, as everyone keeps saying, but yeah, I think I think we'll be far higher than eighth, but. No higher than fourth, to be fair. Yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting to see what happens anyway. Um, it is that make or break season for us. Um, so that has been um, probably the most exciting um, Series UK podcast we've done so far over here on Stump. So we'd like to thank our very, very special guest and CEO of, of Stump, uh, Tim Sinclair. Thanks for joining us, Tim. It's been really fun. As, as I said, guys, uh, anytime, and uh, appreciate your you use and stump and uh, caring so much about the Bulls. I, I love both of those things, given my, my jobs, and I look forward to joining you again soon. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we, we definitely love the Bulls, and we definitely have um, you know, fallen in love with stump. Um, and I will work out my uh, tech issues to see how far I can push the boundaries as well. Please um, do. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, been, it's, really, it's really good to play with. So uh, we're going to go around the room like we normally do um, as we sort of say goodbye. So um, my name's Lee. It's been fun. Um, controlling and being point guard um, so I'm going to say pass over to Matt and Matt's going to do his little sign off yeah uh, thanks all for listening and obviously thanks to Tim for joining us uh, you'll get me some major dad points this weekend when I play 2k again <laughs> and, uh, love it as usual you can follow us on all the socials at Red UK great stuff we've got Neil over there in someone's car <laughs> yeah it's been this has been great um, to say I was excited about uh Having this chat with you, Tim, uh, and, and with the boys is an absolute understatement. It's been fantastic to have you on, and thanks very much for, uh, for humoring us. Oh, uh, my pleasure. <laughs> so uh, right. hopefully we'll, we'll all get to talk again soon. And I, I think it's only right to send over the, uh, the sign-off to uh, our captain, Matt. Well, actually, I think what we should do is, because we've got a special guest, I think we should allow him to sign us off in his own style in any which way that he wants to. So, Tim... Take it away for the Series UK sign-off. Well, I could do it in my style or I could do it in yours. So I'll, I'll do it in yours. How, how about that? For uh, all the lads on the Nowhere Near Chicago podcast, hope you have a great night. Peace out. Hey. <laughs> yeah. It's time for the percolator.